Welcome to the Two Geeks in a Microphone podcast, your one-stop shop for television, movie, video games, comic books, book reviews, and more. Now, without further ado, here's Stephen and Mike. Welcome, everybody, to the Two Geeks and a Microphone Show. We are so glad that you are joining us today. I am your co-host, Mr. Stephen Boster, along with my illustrious one and only co-host, Mr. Michael Shanks. Mike, say hey to everybody. Good morning to all you geeks out there in geekdom land. All righty then. Well, hey, everybody. We are here continuing our road or journey to the Batman series. This is number three, and we are discussing Batman Court of Owls, and uh, as well as kind of doing a contrast comparison to the Batman versus <laughs> Robin. Sorry, Mike and I got in a big discussion because while we were watching, I said, okay, we're ready to watch Batman v. Robin. <laughs> and what did you say? I said, why do you call it V? It's versus. It's bad right. enough that we got to, you know, we, we as a society seem to reduce everything down. So do we really need to reduce versus to V? <laughs> right. <laughs> oh my gosh. And it all so, stems yeah. from Batman v Superman. It does. it does. But then it's again, force a habit. Okay. I, I will give them this. The the actual title of that film is Batman v Superman the Dawn of Just Yeah, Dawn of Justice. It's yes. like could you have picked a longer freaking title for that movie? You know? <laughs> so I guess that's the reason they, they reduced the V S versus to just V. Because that saved right. up one spot. <laughs> Right, right. Well, no, too. You got the little period, too, by the way. Oh, so okay. The S in the right. period. Right. Whatever. Whatever. Just it. Gosh. Well, hey, um, we are excited. I, I'm excited for sure. I can speak for myself easily. I'm excited for the, the new The Batman movie. And, I, I'm excited. Uh, I've, I've got a couple hesitations. Uh, there's a couple things I'm concerned about. I, I, <laughs> I will reserve judgment until after I see it. I'm not I'm not saying that it's going to be bad. There's just some things that I'm like, eh, you're okay, making me okay. nervous. So, <laughs> so everybody, just so you know, next week we are going to do our The Batman discussion, movie review, and stuff like that. I am so excited just, about it, though. Let's just lay it on the table real quick. What are some of your concerns about it? And we'll see what happens. My, so, my like, biggest concern is the Riddler himself. And why Why about the Riddler? Because he doesn't look like the Riddler? He doesn't feel like the Riddler at all. He, I mean... He looks like Hush. <laughs> well, no, I think he looks more like a steampunk scarecrow is what I think he looks like. I don't, uh, okay, I don't even think okay. he looks like Hush. He doesn't have wrappings around him, you know? Um, well, I thought he kind of did I think I bit, could. But... I think I could accept him more if he looked like Hush. Uh, mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. he doesn't look like the Riddler at all. And I'm just, uh, I'm concerned. Uh -huh. I'm just concerned. I'm right. a big Batman fan and I like the Riddler the way he is. I don't, I don't like this idea of a steampunk looking Riddler. Riddler. Uh, yeah. It'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to see. Um, 
I, I have heard some people say they're concerned about Robert Pattinson. Um, I have some not, slight not, concerns, but I, you know, I, I will reserve it, judgment until the film. He, yeah, and I'm just I'm just saying this now. You know, he he gets a lot of static from his role in the you know the Twilight Saga or whatever. You know that everyone's. But I'm thinking, dude, have you seen the movies that he's put out since then? I have, not. and he he has worked on his craft, okay. and I I because of that, I'm excited about seeing him in in the Batman to see how he does. And I, don't uh, get me wrong, I'm excited about the movie. I I, I am. It looks mm-hmm. it looks really good. Uh-huh. I'm just, you know, I I like things to fit with my comic book adaptations, and I'm worried that it's not <laughs> gonna happen. That's all. Right now, as far as right. as far as Robert Patterson playing the Batman, um, I have to say I still remember uh, 1989. You and I were both uh, seniors in high school, on the yeah. verge of graduating. Yeah. And we started seeing all the trailers. Well, before we even seen the trailers, um, I, I would guess actually at the end of 88, we started hearing all the, the rumors. Now, back then we didn't have the internet and everything was instantaneous. <laughs> we would catch things from entertainment shows on television and magazines. That's how That was mm-hmm. our internet. That's right. And, and everything was a buzz that Michael Keaton was going to play Batman. And I am a huge Michael Keaton fan. Um, not just because he's Batman. Now, granted, he is Batman. After all, as he always says, I'm Batman. <laughs> <laughs> but I am a huge fan of him as an actor in general. I, he is one of my favorite actors. And Jack Nicholson is one of my others, which, boom, I got both of them together in 89 Batman. Anyway, it was announced that he was going to play Batman. And my first thought was, what? Mr. Mom is going to play Batman? Right. How's that going to work? You know, right, right. So I'm reserving judgment about the the sparkly twilighty vampire playing Batman until I see him in the role. So, right on, yeah. right on. I'm right if, there with you. If I'm right Mr. Mom you. can do it, a sparkly ba- vampire can do it. That's all it, <laughs> and that's all I got to say about that. I like that. We'll probably come back to that next week. If if Mr. Mom can do it, a sparkly bat vampire can do it. <laughs> That's good. Well, um, so this is our journey, everybody. So next week, I'm pretty excited about watching, you know, the movie, The Batman. And Mike had the brilliant idea um, last month to say, hey, we should do several Batman episodes to kind of lead up to it. And so our first episode in this journey, if you haven't heard it yet, is our Women of Batman episode and we we went through top three top 10 lists about the women in batman's life and um i think it was the the most important the villain you know the um oh my goodness i can't remember the third one i got the most important the most important women in bruce wayne's life the yes uh the top 10 female villains in 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 the batman Yep. And then who could take over the mantle? And then who is most likely who would who could yeah, who could take over the mantle of the bat? Those are the mm-hmm. the three. And I, yeah, though that I thought that was a good discussion. I enjoyed that episode. It was great discussion. So we had great interactions too. And then last week we did Hush. A part two in our journey was Hush, the comic versus the movie. And I tell you what, read we the and comic. everybody else in the Say that again? Yeah, read, read the comic. Read, read the comic. 
<laughs> yeah, everybody in the chat who had seen the movie and read the comic, everybody blasted the movie. So, and it was so funny. Some people were like, "Don't waste your time with the movie. Read the comic." And uh, I agree. We all agreed the art was great. Yeah. So today, 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 here on Two Geeks and a Microphone Show, we are doing Batman: Court of Owls and Beyond. And the reason I say and beyond was because the Court of Owls is kind of a long series. But if you try to go to the comics, you'll see Court of Owls, Night of the Owls, City of Owls, that kind of a thing. And so it's the whole Court of Owls episode and, and where some people reference it that some people don't. They only reference the first part. So I want to clarify that. But again, we want to compare it to a film We're like, well, where have they done Court of Owls in a in a movie or in an animated kind of thing and um so batman versus robin brings in the story of court of owls sort of and they are different we're going to talk about that too as well so that is today's show um and mike had not read court of owls i had because I, I love you had read court of owls no i had not i had not yeah and i had and i loved it so he was he indulged me this time you know so i appreciated the fact that he got me to to really go through. Well, and, and this was your idea stuff. to do Court of Owls, and and you threw out uh, Batman versus Robin, which I'm like, oh, I'm all up for Batman versus Robin. I've I've watched those those movies, and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. technically, it, it's said that that is the second film in in a trilogy of Batman animated because you have Batman and Robin, Batman versus Robin, and then you have Bad Blood, Batman Bad Blood. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, when you take them as a whole, I don't really see it as a trilogy because Batman, Batman uh, Bloodlines is a little bit separated from Batman and Robin and Batman versus Robin. Now, Batman and Robin and Batman versus Robin, I see them definitely as a two-parter. Uh, they're right. really good films. Mm-hmm. But I think they're good individually on their own. You know, you can... You can uh, Right. Take them individually. Hey, before we go any further, we should probably yeah. say that uh, we've added a new member to our team. So we officially have Yay. a chat moderator. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll, we'll we'll bring in our, our other team member just for a moment. So say hi, hi Megan. Hi, Megan. Hi. <laughs> so Megan will be moderating. Megan's my daughter. She's been on the show a couple times. We had her on for uh, Halloween and Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters. Yep. So yep. Megan will be in there moderating our chats, behave, and be nice to her. <laughs> right. Thank you, Megan. We appreciate you. Thank you so much. Thank you, Megan. All right. All right. And now do a big shout out to Derek is here. Hey, Derek. Good to have you with us. Yes. Um, hi, Derek. He was, he was commenting on what you said, which was a uh, great book. That was a great book talking about the uh, Court of Owls. And uh, he's, he also says, what does he say? Scott Schneider is one of my favorite Batman writers. And um, and uh, I quite uh, I enjoyed that. You've got, you've got a clip to play for us later on. Was that yeah. Scott Schneider in the clip? Yeah, that was Scott Schneider in the clip. Uh, yeah, I do. Sweet. Have a- okay, that's coming up. We're going to have an interesting thing. So whenever you want to play that. Uh, when we get to that point, um, I'm, I'm, it, this should be really good. So anyway, so yeah, so here's the dealio. So everybody, um, we, how do you want to do this? We normally give a rating, kind of an overview rating, and then kind of go from there. But this is so unique and different because really we're following a storyline 
because Batman versus Robin was really mm-hmm. different than the comics. To yeah, a it was degree. it was quite a bit different. But mm-hmm. I will say this: they did not advertise that animated film as the Court of Owls. That's so, true. They did not. You know, it's not like Hush. Hush was not only. I mean, it literally had the the Hush artwork on on the cover of the mm-hmm. of the DVD and Blu-ray. You know, it was mm-hmm. literally, oh, this is Hush. And then, of course, us right. who've read Hush said, no, this isn't Hush. <laughs> this is a different right. story. Now, right. I think Batman versus Robin is, I think it just borrows from the Court of Owls stories. But okay. nowhere did they really say that it was actually Court of Owls. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I mm-hmm. got to apologize because... I'm having some green screen, blue screen issues <laughs> I, I've had for the last few weeks, and and I'm just looking at myself in 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 my monitor, and it looks like I'm like uh, I think Derek said last week I'm I, like I'm beaming up or something. So right, <laughs> apologize in advance. I will try to get this worked out by our next episode, or well, maybe our next episode. We'll see. Right, right. We'll talk about that soon too. Um, well, um, big ratings. Batman versus Superman. I mean, Batman. See, I did it, Dad. Governor, I was trying not to. Batman versus Robin. Um, as a story on its own, really centered around the aspect of the relationship with Batman versus Robin. Right. And Talon, the villain, if you want to say the villain that we have in Court of Owls, that's introduced. Um, he's really different. has a big. He's different. He's he's a lot he is different. different. And he's trying to pull Robin away from Batman and, you know, trying to get him to, you know, I, I don't know if he's trying to get him to become the next Talon or what he's trying to do. Uh, I don't think he's trying to get I, him to be the next Talon. I th- I think he's just trying to get him to join him as a Talon, you know, mm, okay, as a second Talon. Uh, that's okay. that was my interpretation. I mean, mm-hmm. take it, but it, take it the the movie was all about that dynamic. Yes, really. Because the well, books, Court of Owl books, that's not that's not the theme oh, no. nor the storyline at all. And we should point out that Robin in the movie is the Damian Wayne Robin, which we yes. all know Damian probably had the most. Uh, 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 I don't want to say toxic, uh, uh, adverse <laughs> relationship with Bruce Wayne out of the out of the three. The Robins. most static, the most combative, yeah, um, relationship. I yes. mean, Jason Todd's yeah. got pretty, you know, combative, but he didn't last long enough. So, <laughs> right, <laughs> right. <laughs> but he came back. Was, was that too soon? Lazarus Pit. Was that too soon? <laughs> no, I like him better since he came back. I like him better as Red Robin than I Red. do as Robin. So, or not Red Robin, but uh, Red, Red Hood is mm-hmm. than I do. Mm-hmm. I'm getting my freaking Robins mixed up. There's so many of them out there. <laughs> That's right. Derek Derek says. Prodigal son Jason Todd. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, that's a pretty good description, um, right? Although the the prodigal came back and was uh, would have been the good guy. <laughs> I don't know if you can call Jason Todd the good guy when he comes back. So right. anyway, 
Anyway. Right. All right. So with that, um, I would say the movie's good. If we want to talk about the movie briefly, um, or I, I don't know how you approach this. We should talk about this a little bit more because the they're they are different. They're quite a bit different. They I really enjoyed the their movie, own though. stories. <laughs> and all. Derek says, um, he says, LOL, he goes, I love their love hate relationship. Yeah, I and I and have stuff. to agree so, with that. Yeah. Yeah. So then um let's just stick with that and then we'll go into really the source material because that's where okay. we're going to spend a lot of time on that. So real quick, the movie itself, I would give three and a half out of five um talents. And and, okay. and the reason I say that is because uh, it is a good story on its own. Um, after ha- you know, this is one of those where I watched the movie after I read Court of Owls series. And now so let I was me like, let me ask you something. Have you watched uh, uh, what is it, Batman, Son of Batman, or I have seen Son of Batman, mm-hmm. the the first one, the first one. Okay, yes. you've yeah, seen it's really so you've good. seen them both. Now I think if you put the two of them together. That's an excellent story. I really like it. I like it a lot. Mm-hmm. I like it. It, a lot. it is one co- cohesive story because it's mm-hmm. yeah, you know. So and it, it is a good one. My advice, if you're going to watch it, definitely watch uh, Batman and Robin. Yeah, that's what it's called, Batman and Robin. And I think that is borrowing from the events of the comic series line. Son of Batman or Batman. Yeah, Son of Batman. I think that's where that comes from, which is in the DC Infinity. Uh, if you subscribe to DC Infinity Digital Comics, you can you can read that. And I think I put that in my to-read list because <clears throat> mm-hmm. I actually have never read that story. But, um, yeah, I think if you put those two films together, I think it's a really good story. I, I really like it. Um, mm-hmm. but I do agree mm-hmm. with you. If you separate them, I probably give it a lower rating, but you put them together and I, I, it's fairly high. Yep. Yep. Hi, Janelle. Hi, Janelle. Welcome. <laughs> Good to have you here. Um, the, <laughs> I, I would say, um, gosh, it's so different. If you're looking for the Cordial storyline, don't go to the animated films. Um, read the books. Agreed. Um, kind of a thing because they're they are really good and they're there there's some classic stuff about them that we're going to talk about and all so but as a film in and of itself in introducing talon in a tension between the theme of the movies being the relationship between bruce wayne damien wayne ergo batman and robin in those two realms even e- even the balance between the the wayne life versus the nightlife you know what i'm saying so yeah the there there's a there's a there's a there's a tension between the waynes a tension between being batman and robin and then there's a tension in those two worlds complete you know combining sure. and um it is really it, it is a good film and introducing talent as part of that tension actually eh, i could I can go with that. It actually worked out pretty well. It did create great tension. Here's another father figure type individual who's trying to, uh, because of his own past, Talon's own past in an orphanage and all that kind of stuff, how he's trying to take care of Robin, but wants Robin to embrace his darker side or his true, what he would say his true nature is. And, you know, and being the grandson of the demon, you know, <laughs> kind of a thing, you know, of Raza Ghul. Um, I, I, that's, that's, I think a really interesting 
um, connection and for that movie, I think it works great. You, you just made me think of something. So we were discussing uh, a few times on how to pronounce Ra's al Ghul. And, and you're like, well, some people pronounce it Raish and some people pronounce it Raz. I, I just want to state, I saw a video with Alan Moore. Alan Moore is oh, okay. one of the greatest DC writers ever. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. Alan Moore. Yeah. What do you say? Alan Moore penned The Killing Joke, my absolute favorite Batman story. And okay. Alan okay. Alan Moore pronounces it as Raz. <laughs> Okay. So if you said if Ra's Alan Ghul, says it's Raz Al Ghul, I'm going to go with what Alan says. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yes. Okay. Raz Al Ghul. Everybody, you hear here today, two geeks of my chrome, set a marker in our journey. Here's a mile marker in our journey. It is Raz Al Ghul from here on out. I As stated it. by Alan Moore. <laughs> right on. That's where we're taking our, you know, head cannon. <laughs> nice. Nice. All right. So anyway, the movie's good overall. Um it is it's not bad. It is worth watching. Is it worth is it worth buying digitally? Um get, if you've got HBO Max, watch it on an HBO Max. <laughs> I, I own it, but I'm kind of a Batman fanatic, so <laughs> well, I actually bought it. Uh, I I did buy it. Uh, Son of Batman and this one I I did buy. It. I've not gotten Batman and Robin. Though. I actually own Son of Batman and Batman and Robin on Blu-ray, and that's how I got the digital copies of those. And then I later brought mm-hmm. bought the digital copy of Bloodlines. But again, like I said, you put those two films together, I, I would give it a four. I, I you know if you put them together, putting it together as a Batman and Robin epic story, right? I. Yes, uh, I can see separately. That. I think I, I agree that. with you. I would go with like a three, um, separately, but together, awesome. So, my right. my advice: if you're going to watch them, watch the two of them together. But if you just want to learn about like Court of Owls, read Court of Owls because you're not going to learn a lot about the Court of Owls in the in the film. You're not going to learn the awesomeness of the storytelling and canon that they're creating and developing and and not reimagining. I don't want to say reimagine. I want to say deeper. They go deeper into the history of Gotham. I don't know. Some things were (laughs) reimagined. Well. There are some uh, things that are reimagined, yes, and and I'll we'll get to that. Well, yeah, we'll 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 play the clip from Scott Schneider, and he kind of explains his thoughts on on what he was thinking when he created the courthouse. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. We'll okay, so we may talk about some of the movie points, but we do want to spend a lot of time, uh, really. Um, about Court of Owls, and then we may drop a movie reference in there because really the crux, the anchor of this whole Court of Owls is from the comics. And and the movie is so different that I want to make sure we spend time. Okay, here is Court of Owls from the comics and the whole series into a a big reveal at the end. So if you're reading the comics and you're like, well, wait a minute, this is – it, it kind of stops at one point. There's there's several sections of the Court of Owls storyline. Um, and uh, when we reference Court of Owls, we're really talking about the whole storyline, not just the section. If you if you pull the comics and you say, oh, I just want the Court of Owls, that's limited. There's other series within the whole Owls saga. So okay. I hadn't read Court of Owls, and I bring it up in, in uh, 
DC Infinity, whatever the heck they call it. Infinite. Today. Infinite, mm-hmm. whatever mm-hmm. they call it today. I bring it up in there. When I initially brought it up, it came up, I, I, I thought I selected, I wanted the main story for Court Owls. And it, initially, it gave me like six issues. I was like, oh, okay, I can get the uh-huh. six issues read pretty quick. I'm fine with yeah. that. And I read the first two at the beginning of the week. And then Tuesday and Wednesday, I didn't read anything. So then Thursday night, I read two more issues, thinking, <laughs> okay, Friday, I only got two yep. more issues to read, right? right so right. last night, I'm reading, and then it's you know it, you come to the end of the comic book, and it says, do you want to read the next book in, in the series? Yes. Click. So I read the next one. So I'm thinking, okay, I'm I'm done after this, right? And then it goes, do you want yeah. to read the next? Oh, okay. Click. And then, oh, do you want to read the next? What? <laughs> okay, right. fine. Click. Like, oh, my God, when does this stop? <laughs> <laughs> so then I go back and look at the whole thing. There's like 60 comics in this thing. I'm like, well, uh, you know what, Stephen? I ain't getting this done it. tonight. Sorry. Right. So right. I got through the main first story of Kurt Corda Owls, and I got to say, it's really good. It, it's it's it a good. really good story. Now, in the beginning, I thought it was a little drawn out, and I was like, eh, there's some of this they could have cut out, you know? Um, but mm-hmm. as it goes, the story gets as a much, much better. Arc. Yes. Yes. yes, much more better. Much more better. That's what you're saying. Okay, I got a drink. We're drinking, everybody. <laughs> Shoot, I'm almost out of coffee already. Mm-mm. And that's my second cup. <laughs> wah, wah. Okay. Uh, I had my nice hot tea this morning, so I finished it. So I have my other energy drink this nice. morning. Watching my delicate figure. <laughs> Get bigger. <laughs> no comment. <laughs> so, all right. So, yes, as a huge arc storyline, you understand why the beginning was a little. I don't. I don't. It, it was kind of uh, an overview, but I appreciate your clip that we'll get to. Everybody, we'll get to in a minute. Um, kind of helped explain why they did what they did at the very beginning of that first episode, um, and. So as as a big story arc, it was really good. And I, in all openness, Mike, I am so sorry. I apologize. Um, I forgot that it went through a whole bunch of comics. And, yeah, I was like, I, Stephen, honestly, what did you get me into? <laughs> right? Yeah. Oh, we're going to do this next week. Uh, okay, sure. Uh, my goodness. Uh, whoops. Yeah, my bad. I mean, at least you gave me a heads up about Hush being, you know, now a I gotta whole say, bunch of episodes. It gave me a great uh, uh, um, Mr. Freeze story at, towards the end of it and mm-hmm. that I absolutely loved and then tied Mr. Freeze yeah. into the Court of Owls, which I found fascinating. I love that. Yes, <clears throat> and, and what's interesting is there's... There, uh, I watched um, Emergency Awesome uh, last week because he did another episode on Batman, um, and the Batman movie, and there's all kinds of Easter eggs to Court of Owls in the Batman movie, right. but they, he has stated, Matt Reeves has stated, I think he stated that, or maybe I could be misunderstanding, but Mr. Freeze is the villain for the second movie, the sequel. You mean the second storyline? The no. Oh, you're talking Bat- about the Batman. Batman. Sorry, the Batman number two. Well, now so see, Bat- I've heard rumors of 
I've heard rumors of Mr. Freeze. I've heard rumors of the Joker. I've heard rumors of Two Face. I've heard pretty much rumors of all his rogues gallery. Everybody, just about. Well, so and Court yeah. of Owls. Well, I, like him, I like Emergency Awesome because he does bring. Oh, up I some, do too. You know, quotes here, steps, and and I thought, okay, there may be something to this. And he's saying that may be where we begin to see more of the Court of Owls storyline. Well, now, do but you do you think? I don't know. Do you think Emergency Awesome's got some insider information that? you know, that we don't have. And that's why you think that uh, he's possibly correct? Yes. Okay. All right. I do. Because he gets to see the movie early. He's going to see Well, But he can't because there's a review. Okay, yeah, but all right. So uh, Valentine's weekend, I went to uh, uh, the Lincoln Theater because Brenda wanted to see Dog. Which is a great movie, by the way. Is it good? Thank oh, you. Okay, yeah, it's really good. I highly recommend going to see Dog. It was it was great. Not not a comic book type movie, but good movie. Right. Um. But uh, I thought that Lincoln was going to be showing it on Valentine's evening because uh-huh. uh, Marcus Theaters was Marcus was having a special. Now it, it actually didn't come out till th- that Thursday, but Marcus was doing a Valentine special where they were showing one showing that night. And I thought the Lincoln was showing it earlier. So I went to the Lincoln. I was going to get tickets. I actually talked to the owner of the Lincoln Theater. And he's like, no, we're not showing it tonight. And he's like, nobody's showing it tonight. I says, you're wrong. Marcus is. And he's like, I didn't know we could do that. (laughs) But while I was talking to him, he says, well, I can tell you, I've already seen the movie, and it's great. And I was like, okay, that's cool. And so he sees it earlier, but I guarantee you he doesn't get any any uh inside information he's just he's just getting oh, he just sees it early right. i see what you mean just like he saw the batman <clears throat> and i went i go i look i looked i said wait a minute you get to see the movie early he says yeah i said did you see the batman he goes yes i go did you like it he goes yes and then i what did i say i asked him something and he goes i can't say i signed an nda i'm not allowed to say Right, and, and I was like, okay, that's cool. I I understand, you know, no problem. You know, right. I says, I'm not trying to get any spoilers or anything. I'm just wondering. I'm you know, I'm just hoping I like the film. That's all. <laughs> y- you should hit him up on how you get a press pass to see movies because you have your own podcast. Yeah, yeah. Maybe I'm uh, just saying. I'm just saying. Anyway, <laughs> all right. Anyway, Ooh, Mike's gonna let's see if we everybody let's see if we can get Mike all supported to see, make sure he gets uh, gets to see movies early and gives us movie reviews. That'd be awesome. That'd be cool. <laughs> all right. Do you want to you want to jump into the clip from? Yeah, let's go ahead. We've mentioned okay. it a couple of times. Let's not keep everybody away. Yeah. So that's a great idea. All right. So I'm gonna bring it up. So everybody, what he's bringing up is a clip. Um, um, about how the Court of Owls was born. This was from a sci-fi wire. Um, um, uh, what's the word? Uh, what's the what's the word I'm trying to say? It's a, a sci-fi wire, like a little news thing on Batman at eighty. But they're talking about the new Fifty Two, and they're talking specifically about the Court of Owls storyline. And right. so who's in this again? This is Scott Snyder, the one who penned or who. Okay, uh, so the voice you're hearing, everybody's. Okay, it's going to be Scott Schneider. Okay, go. 
best Batman stories in the past decade, it gives us a villain that you can't just throw in Arkham. For me, the Court of Owls represents some of my worst fears about history coming back to get you, not learning the lessons of the past, your home suddenly becoming terrifying to you and strange. The Illuminati-esque secret society turns one of Batman's biggest allies, the city of Gotham, against him. And the scale and impact of that is greater than threatening the people close to Batman or challenging him as a detective. I wanted it to feel like Gotham City was suddenly becoming mysterious to Bruce after this intense familiarity he had with it, which is why I start the story with him talking about what Gotham is, and he thinks he knows. That's why it begins that way. He's very confident. And he fights all of his classic villains really easily and takes them out. It's like he's at home just being in Gotham, even when he's fighting the worst villains there. And so it was important to me to have that story present and then weaponize and make terrifying all these different aspects of Gotham's history. And part of that is intertwined with the Wayne family. And the more I knew I could bring in the Wayne history, and the more I could make it new and mysterious and scary, the more unsettling it would be to Bruce and the reader. If I could do it in such a way where the city was strange and new and terrifying 20 years ago, 40 years ago, 50 years ago, great. But if I could also show that the Waynes had been at odds with it for that long, and that all these other families might have been on the side of the Court of Owls, and then it would really destabilize everything we know about the Wayne family, Gotham, and Batman himself. Scott's inspiration for the story was born out of an experience with his own personal Gotham, New York City. You know, I grew up in the city, and going back to my old neighborhood, I remember when I first got the gig on Batman, and seeing it having changed so much, and knowing I knew nobody there anymore, it was very scary all of a sudden, seeing that kind of total transformation, and I wondered, well, Batman knows Gotham right now, what about five years from now, what about five years ago? And if I could weaponize that and make a villain out of that, it would be powerful, it would be really unsettling to him. Court of Owls is a story designed around destabilization. The destabilization of Gotham, of Batman, and the reader. Issue number five is a fan favorite from the series because Snyder and Capullo were able to visually represent that destabilization. I remember Greg had been begging me to give him more room and more room and less, you know, paneling, less tight direction. And that was the point where I was sort of trying to figure out what can I do, what effect can I describe that would give the reader the effect that Batman's really losing his mind. I was thinking, you know, let me ask Greg. So I loosened up the script and I said, for these pages, I don't know, I just want something that makes you feel crazy. Maybe something spinning in the comic, but like a, a swirl on the page. And Greg came up with this amazing idea to have the comic book physically invert that way and go all the way around. And DC initially fought us on it. And Greg wrote this really impassioned email where he was like quoting Steve Jobs and going all over the place. And he was like, be foolish. And I was like, what he said, what he said. It was the first time we behaved as a team that way too. That was the issue that people really took notice of and it got a lot of buzz. That buzz turned into booming applause from fans. In DC, they took notice. I remember when we were doing Quarter Battles, we were about four or five issues in and we were at C2E2 uh, in Chicago. And I was standing next to Bob Harris, the editor-in-chief at DC, and somebody came up in this really elaborate talent costume with a homemade gauntlet and all of this stuff, and Bob turned to me after I had signed their book, and he was like, you have a hit on your hands. We've seen the Court of Owls come to life on Gotham and in the animated movie Batman vs. Robin, but a TV show arc amongst other villains in a direct-to-video release doesn't fully capture the ripe cinematic potential of the story, and we're not the only ones that have that opinion. I hope to see a better Batman than we've ever seen in the next three movies. I mean, there'll be Court of Owls, Batman Odyssey, Ra's al Ghul. And if somebody announced that list of, of movies, my mind would explode.
I hope it inspires creators coming onto the book or that who dream of writing for Batman that it's possible to make up new villains that have staying power and that the key to doing that is to write about things that you're afraid of. Very cool. Very cool. Sorry, I'm trying to stop it. <laughs> We're still learning, everybody. Now, did, did, um, you, did you hear Alan Moore? He said, Roz, I'll go. <laughs> oh, and I have to give a shout out to my wife. Uh, she She's watching right now, and she heard me say that uh, I was out of coffee, so she brought me in my huge Darth Vader mug filled nice. to the rim. Nice. Nice. You have such a nice wife. I take back all those mean things I said about her. No, I'm just <laughs> kidding. I never said mean things. Sorry, Brenda. I'm teasing. <laughs> anyway. So, yeah, I all like couple- I like how he compares the... Uh, oh, and one other thing. Uh, Derek said during the video... Here we go. Derek said, the voice you're hearing is Scott Snyder. We spared no expense. (laughs) (laughs) Derek, you're right. We spared no expense. (laughs) None at all. (laughs) Love it. Well, there's a couple of things in that clip that I want to address. The first off, what what I really appreciate, and this is what I referenced earlier, or what I was hinting at, was the whole story of the history of Gotham. Yes. you know, he's bringing in the history of Gotham and, you know, and then there's the, um, what's it, his great grandfather or grandfather? I think it's that, his great you know, grandfather. Who I, said, oh, he was crazy and he fell down a manhole was how I, the story went. I believe that was Alan Thomas. Alan. Or Al, Alan I can't, Thomas. Alan, I can't Alan remember Wayne. the name all of a sudden. But I think it was know, Alan Wayne. Alan Wayne. Yeah. And uh, he was all crazy or whatever. They're all after us, you know, kind of a thing. And and only to, you know, find out, you know, that that story of history, that the Court of Owls has been going on that long in Gotham. Right. And which is interesting. And, and, and we do find in the comic later on that Batman gets thrown in a maze, that Court of Owls maze. Yes. And sees... And sees the picture that he he didn't fall down a manhole and die. He was captured by the Court of Owls and was, in essence, killed. The the whole maze thing. We can get into that in a minute. But the whole history of the Court of Owls has been going on for so long. This elite ruling class behind the scenes. Kind of like an an Illuminati. Right. And it has ties to the the Wayne uh, family for a couple generations, actually. So, yes, going back to Alan Wayne, I think it was. Alan yeah. Wayne. Now, when you went through now, this, Alan when, Wayne was the architect. He he designed a lot of the the buildings, the high rises that, that we see in Gotham. That was mm-hmm. his big contribution to Gotham City. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And even in this story, Bruce Wayne is getting ready to add more buildings to Gotham mm-hmm. City. I mean, he's rebuilt, helping rebuild Gotham, right? And uh, which I thought, oh, cool. You know, there's there's a connection to his great grandfather. You know, and and I love the history making of this story. And one of my favorite surprises. There's plenty of them. One of my favorite surprises was that. The the in between the twelfth and fourteenth floors of all the buildings, you know, areas where there would be a thirteenth floor. Oh, there's, yeah. There's the owls' nests, and uh, 
and there was different pictures, you know, and I thought it was just the one, the one building first. And, um, but right. then to realize it was in, was it in all the buildings? I think it was, was in third, all the buildings that had over 13 floors that there's some kind right. of, yeah, this space. There's some kind of owl's nest you know, where I, the talent. I, I meant to actually check and see if that was a real thing. Cause you know, I can believe that would be a real thing. I mean, not not that Owl's Nest would be in it, but that there would be a space for the 13th floor, but not actually, mm-hmm. you know. Um, yeah, because everybody, if you go into a skyscraper or something, they, there is no 13th floor button right. on your elevators. Right. So the whole superstition, you know, thing uh, is really fascinating and really interesting about that. So. Um, hang on a second. Derek has a comment. Um, Derek is stating, um, same Stephen. He goes, uh, I love the Gotham city mythology, the five families, the founders, sometimes more a fan of regular Gotham stories than just the rogues gallery stuff. I like that. Yeah. Um, I I think for the court of Al story, it brought that into play for me. Yeah. I'm all about rogues gallery, but you're right. I, in this episode, hearing about the um, hearing about Gotham and the story of Gotham and bringing that. And I enjoy, and Mike, I, I really did enjoy that clip where you actually have Scott Snyder saying, yeah, no, I was bringing in the history of Gotham as part of right. the story and all, which well, is really good. And it gave a new twist because, you know, it's like Batman leaves Gotham for a while and then comes back and starts learning all these things that he never knew where, you know, mm-hmm. he thought he knew the city better than anybody else. You know, uh-huh. better than even mm-hmm. maybe Commissioner Gordon, the police, you know, the Gotham City police, right. so on and so forth. Um, but then mm-hmm. he found out this hidden, you know, like I like the way he describes them hidden. as an Illuminati. You know, that's exactly mm-hmm. what I was thinking when I was reading this. This this reminds me of the, the stories behind the Illuminati. So it's yeah, almost like a ruling elite behind the right, scenes of everything. Right. So it's almost Gotham's mm-hmm. version of the Illuminati. Yes. Very cool. Now, yes. I wanted to talk about what he talked about mm-hmm. in that the maze. Um, yes. So right. So when he was writing that, he he met with Greg Capullo, who's the artist, and said, I, "I want you to convey this in a real crazy way." You know, this is the whole destabilization, right? The destabilization of, of, yeah. of Batman and how he's kind of going crazy and and everything. He's like, "I want this to come off visually in the comic book." Okay, I had never read the comic up until this past week, and I'm reading mm-hmm. that. I think I was reading that issue Thursday night. I think. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I click, you know, I'm reading it digitally, okay? And I click, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden, the panel goes vertical. And I was like, what? What? Why? And I'm sitting here going, why is it's this broken? Yeah, my that was my thought. I'm like, what? I literally, I went out of the browser, I refreshed, I closed the browser, I reloaded, I kept coming back in. It's still doing, and then, you know, you, you go another panel, and then all of a sudden it's upside down, and I'm going, what the heck is going on? So then there's a, 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 a thing you can click where you can see the entire page, and I'm like, well, those pages, the one is sideways, and the other one is upside down. What is going on with this? So until I watched mm-hmm. that clip, I didn't understand what in the heck was going on. <laughs> yeah. And, and I, I was on the Kindle app. And I have Kindle Unlimited, and it's part of the Kindle Unlimited library, which is great. And 
I don't remember it changing when I went through it. Oh, you would and, remember if it did. <laughs> right. That's what I'm saying. I'm like, I don't remember it doing that unless I just, you know, was going through it real quick. Well, that freaked me out because I, I thought something was wrong and I'm like, this is not right. And I'm closing out my browser and nothing's changing. <laughs> and then I find out, oh, <laughs> it's supposed to be like that. Oh, now I get it. Duh. Right. Duh. Yeah. Which is very helpful. So everybody, if you go to read the comic and you figure out it's going sideways, then upside down, then sideways and around like a it's big supposed circle, to be that way. <laughs> it's supposed to be that way. So that was pretty insightful. <laughs> Loved it. <laughs> yep. So um, Court of Owls, I loved the villain. Absolutely loved the introduction of Talon. And um, Talon, we first meet Talon. When, um, oh, when did we first meet? Well, my my first remembrance of when he tries to attack Bruce Wayne. And, yeah. you know, when we did Hush, when we had watched Hush, or, well, in Red Hush, you know, oh, it's it's his friend, you know, it's Tom Elliott, you know, Tommy, his little friend Tommy. And because uh, he's he's the new guy introduced, so he must be the villain. I thought the same thing. I thought, oh, here's his friend who is uh, running for office. I can't yeah. remember what it was or whatever. And I thought, oh, it's going to be this guy. And then they're in the building. They're having they're in Wayne Tower, the top of Wayne Tower, one of the Wayne Tower buildings, mm-hmm. talking. In busts the in bus talent. talent and kills the, it kills the guy. I'm like, well, it's not that guy. Yeah, <laughs> you know, but did you not learn thing. anything from Hush though? Because Hush, no, there were... obviously I didn't learn anything from Hush. Hush. No, what are you talking? What well, do you mean? Tom, Thomas Elliot was in the the theater with Harley. You know when Harley was took over the show, mm-hmm. and right, he was killed there by Hush. Right. <laughs> Right, because it was Clayface. Right, right, right but right, it was right, Clayface right, right, the right, right. entire time. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, hello. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Right. I don't think you learned anything from Hush. Right. I learned nothing. Nothing. I go with the flow. I experience it on the moment. I don't remember anything. Of course, that's being over 50 now. I don't remember anything. <laughs> uh so yeah, I enjoyed Talon coming in right then, and I love the fact that Bruce Wayne is like, "Well, I better hold back because, <clears throat> excuse me, sorry, that I don't. I'm going to hold back because I don't want people to know. I don't Batman. know who's watching, and I don't want them to put two and two together that I'm Batman. And he's like, uh, "I got to step this up a notch." <laughs> Bruce Wayne's like, "I got to step this up a notch," and I love how he gets thrown out the window, and I'm like, "Uh oh." You know, kind of a thing. And well, then he catches himself on the, what was it, the 13th floor gargoyle or right, something like that, right? right? Yep. And I got flashbacks yeah. to Hush with that, too, because, you know, we had the falling moment in Hush. We had the he, big falling He actually tries to grab one of the, the uh, gargoyles and breaks, he, he literally breaks his shoulder when he does it. Uh, right. And uh, Brenda's, everybody, Brenda's <laughs> making fun of me. She's saying, you better remember Kelly's birthday. <laughs> I, I remember. I remember her birthday. I'm not going to say it on air because, you know, I don't want to give out any, you know. I know Brenda's birthday. That's good. That's good. I know Kelly's birthday. I know my, I know our anniversary. You know your anniversary? <laughs> 
I know my anniversary, by golly. Okay, you're good then. Gentlemen, just saying, these are important things. We as brothers, <laughs> as husbands, must stick together and remind ourselves our wives' birthdays and anniversaries. That's why we're talking through it, because you got to make sure to remember these things. I know my First, birthday, my wife's birthday, my daughter's birthday. I know my sister's birthday, and I know Jason's birthday, and beyond that, I don't know anything. Yeah. my <laughs> Just a side My friend note, Jason my my dad, everyone, if those who don't know, my dad was a, a pastor. He he did all the education and stuff like that. But he goes, he goes, son, I got two things for you about marriage. He goes, the first thing is to remember birthdays and anniversaries. You got to remember those. And he says, now the second thing is a phrase I want you to remember all your life. Yes, dear. You're right, dear. Whatever you say, dear. <laughs> I don't remember him giving me that advice. Because, you know, your your dad counseled us yeah, before we got yeah. married, and I, I, don't, I don't remember him giving me that advice. Might, might be the source of our arguments. I don't know. <laughs> All right. Back to Court of Owls. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I that was a weird rabbit a trail. Yep. I love Talon as a character, and I love the fact that in the comics, the comics, you're not for sure what what the deal is with Talon in the beginning. He's like, he falls all the way down off the building, crashes into a car. They put him in an ambulance, which, look, I'm just saying, if you fall off, if you fall off a building and hit the bottom, you're not in a you're not in a body anymore, kind of a thing. <laughs> but anyway. But anyway, they put his body in an ambulance, and then he reanimates, and, he's, and he takes over. Well, I don't know. Batman him. survived in Hush. Well, that's true, And too. he was he was up in the tops of the buildings. I mean, he was swimming. All right. It's a comic book. Shape. You got right. me there. Yeah. Okay. It's a comic book. Okay. Well, I, I complained about another. We'll, we'll get to the one I complained about. Okay. So anyway, so but here's the it, then all of a sudden he's back. He's like, dude, how did he survive that fall? And that whole interest of of you know here he you know Batman was trying to crush his windpipe and couldn't do it. You know he was still he's like that should crush anybody's windpipe. Yeah. You know <laughs> at, at only 10, 15 pounds of pressure, and I'm putting in a hundred pounds of pressure. Now. I want to know how he knows exactly how much right. pressure he's, he's got. Putting. He's got a special machine in the back cave. He just puts his arm around it. <laughs> oh, and it sends okay. it sends him a message in his cowl or right. something. It, yeah. Or well, it's you know here he's practicing you know different chokeholds and it's telling him how much pounds of pressure and that's how he does his workout routine. It's about how much pressure he can do. All right, this week I got fifteen pounds of pressure. Next week I'm going to practice twenty pounds of pressure. I'm just kidding. You know, know now you're making me feel stupid for the the complaint that I had earlier. <laughs> <laughs> before we before we went on, I was complaining about a portion of the comic. I was like, "Oh, come on, that's just ridiculous!" And now, now that you're bringing these things up, I'm like, "Well, I guess this, that isn't as far fetched as these are." So, uh, well, we'll see. That's funny. <laughs> so, point being is, um, Talon is an interesting character. Now, in the movie Batman versus Robin movie. He was an individual character kind of a thing. Yeah. Sort of. Sort of. You know. Uh, but he was an individual who um, had a character, had a story, backstory, you know, the whole bit kind of a thing. This, the, and they alluded to the whole reanimating of people. They have a special serum. They have their own venom. You know, the, the venom 
you know, thing. They have their own to reconstitute, reanimate individuals and, and, uh, which is kind of interesting, kind of spooky, if you know, kind of a thing. But we find kind out of a zombie fi. Yeah, right. It's, it's Gotham, Gotham zombies is what it is, which, which mm. is funny because when you and I watched the movie together mm. last week, and remember in the movie they did they did that they did the whole reanimation and brought mm-hmm. several of them back as talons of mm-hmm. of course mm-hmm. they do that in the comic too but and I was like they bring wow. them all back yeah. in the yeah they sure did the that was cool that was I, I, that's the whole night of owls sto- part storyline right. yes um but I asked you right then I was like did did they do that in the comic book and you're like I don't remember that and yeah they did. They did. Yeah, they did. So that was one of the cool they aspects from the movie that, that they borrowed yeah. from the from the comic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now that's the second the second section. The second section of the Court of Owls storyline. Court of Owls begins and introduces Talon. <clears throat> Batman escapes from the from the maze, which is just a great thing. Yeah. I mean, you know, and he had been down there for a while, so long that people thought he was dead. Yep. You know, it was a week or something like that. Like, we haven't seen Batman, you know. And, you know, we're trying to keep Batman up for him, you know, kind of a thing. And and uh, so then um, he escapes that. And then part two is where they're like, well, we're just going to send all the owls out or, you know, all the talents. Excuse me. We're going to send all the talents out. They reanimate them all and they send them all out. And to take to take Gotham by force and kill all the elites who are not part of the court of owls. Right. Alfred discovers a hit list actually. And it's got a list. Oh, that's right. It's got a list of every, you know, uh, major person in Gotham city from, from the mayor to commissioner Gordon to like city Mm -hmm. engineers and just, you know, everybody who's important to Gotham city, they've got a hit Mm -hmm. list. And each one of those people have a talent coming after them. And it's yes. that point that Bruce says, send out, send out the call. And mm-hmm. he puts out the call to all the whole bat family, the so, whole bat family. So we're talking red hood. Yeah. Red, red hood, hood and the vigilantes, red Robin, the... Robin, mm-hmm. Nightwing, bat girl. Uh, right. uh, uh, now, Gosh. We did not read all those extra stories because that was a huge crossover event. Oh, you ain't huge because oh every gosh. other comic book uh, that was Batman related uh, had a court of owls or this night of owls uh, story. Yeah. But it it gave you a nice little you know thing for each one of them. So yes. you know, like it showed Batgirl. Heading out to save whoever it was that you know she she's got on the list, you know, uh, so mm-hmm. on and so forth. They each mm-hmm. took somebody on the list and they went to save them. So mm-hmm. so you did get you got a feel for that. You know, you don't really mm-hmm. have to read each, each of those up. Uh, no, each of those um, issues, comics issues mm-hmm. to get the full story. It it's it's there. It's there. So. Mm-hmm. But it was a nice crossover. Yeah. Because then, then, you know, realize, oh, they're trying to, and I guess they don't save every, you know, there's a, there's not that many that get saved. Uh, if I remember right, because he, he uh, goes you, and he says, you have a lot more talents than you do in the bat fan, you know, than you yeah. do people in the bat family. So, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> and it was really interesting. And, and we're taking back Gotham tonight. You know, that was Court of Owls. And then he finds out it's this individual or, 
he's pretty sure it's this individual. And there begins the City of Owls. I just had a flashback to Halloween Kills. <laughs> oh, when you oh, said and that, all I all I could hear in my head was "Evil dies tonight." Right, right. <laughs> no, it won't. There's a third movie coming. Shut up. Stop saying right. that. Right. Um, so then, which we will do a review for that one too, everybody. Just wait and see. Um, I would say that um, when we begin the third act, I'm just going to call it the third act of of the Court of Owls story, we get one of the biggest reveals, for me personally, one of the biggest reveals of all of Batman history and story. Oh, and yeah. I. <laughs> And and I, I'm dying to talk to you about this. Okay, well and, before and we get, get your to thoughts, that, before we get to mm-hmm. that, we we had another reveal that uh, Bruce Wayne discovers that the Talon is actually that first Talon is actually mm-hmm. Dick Grayson's great great grandfather, uh, grandfather or great grandfather, something like that. Uh, but maybe it was, maybe the it Grayson was, family. Right, he was part of the Grayson family, so he was re- related to Dick. Um, maybe he was the mm-hmm. Allen. I don't remember. I can't remember what his name was. Anyway, um, but that's when that's when the moment I I complained about. That's when Bruce and Dick are talking, and I don't know. Dick says something, and Bruce punches him right in the mouth and knocks right in the out jaw. right right in the jaw. Knocks out one of his teeth, and lo and behold, it just happens to be the exact tooth that has the little owl imprint on it, which is what he discovered on his great talent. Yeah, on the talent. And his and, grandfather, right. And what he was trying to reveal to Dick was that he was actually in line to become the next talent. You know? Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay. Mm-hmm. So you're going to punch him in the face and exactly knock out the right tube. Oh, William Cobb. That's right. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Derek. Uh, thank you, Derek, or, or Tito. <laughs> Watch Three Geeky our- Dad or listen to Three Geeky Dads and you'll you'll understand what I'm talking about. Derek's from Derek's one of the uh, co-hosts of Three Geeky Dads. Great podcast, by the way. I've been listening to several of their episodes. This month they're doing a fantasy series. Um, it's been really good. Check them out. Uh, <clears throat> anyway, um, but I was complaining because I'm like, okay, you know, I went to the dentist a few years ago with a really, really super bad toothache. Okay, and they actually told me that I needed three teeth or four teeth pulled because they were really bad. And oh. um, uh, when I and and they weren't going to pull them that day though, so. I had to reschedule, come back, and I had a second dentist come in. He checked my teeth. He looks over my 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 uh, uh, X-rays and everything, mm-hmm. and he gets to that one, and he goes, "Look, I know, I know." The other dentist said that we're going to pull four. He says we're only pulling three because that one has so many roots and nerves wrapped around it. I don't feel like being a hero, and I don't think you feel like getting it pulled. And I says, "You're right. Let's let's go with that." So, it's, it's <laughs> now, if my dentist has troubles pulling a tooth, how do you think Batman's going to knock out the exact tooth? So <laughs> that was my complaint. <laughs> but then you started talking about the fact that he falls off of a building, hits the ground. He should be freaking dead. 
Um, and then I forgot what else you said. And I was like, okay, maybe my, maybe my tooth complaining is, is, is mm-hmm. you know, superficial. Yeah. <laughs> now that's part, that part I think takes place in the night, the night of owls part because yeah, because while they're doing that, it's when they attack. Yes. Which is a great scene, and that scene was also done in Batman versus Robin movie. Yes. And I love that scene. I love the scene in the comic book, and I love the scene in the movie. I thought they did a great job. Yes. The big old bat suit. Batman comes out in the big armored bat suit. I love it. Right. We should should just deem that Iron Batman. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Love that We're crossing the streams. We're crossing the streams. Well, and the reason he does that is because... Bruce uh, discover Batman discovers that uh, the colder it is, um, they become the talons become less effective because of right. You know the fact that they're reanimated. They're dead. reanimated, mm-hmm. right? So he has Alfred shut down the main main uh, what is it dining room or whatever main hall of, of Wayne Manor um, puts puts it in, into uh, I don't know. Lockdown, mm-hmm. and then reduces the heat all the way down to below freezing. Like I don't know, something like twenty, thirty degrees below freezing, or something crazy like that. And he's mm-hmm. like, "Well, but Bruce, what are you going to do?" And he's like, "Trust me, I have something." <laughs> <laughs> and he comes out in the iron bat suit. It's like that's so awesome. Freaking awesome! I love the yes. iron bat suit. Yes, yes. It kind of reminded me in uh, in the Marvel movies, the Iron Man, the anti-Hulk. Oh, the Hulkbuster. Hulkbuster. The Hulkbuster, that's what it was called. Yes, yes, the Hulkbuster. That's what it reminded me of that. So it's the Talon Buster. <laughs> well, that's because Bruce is so much bigger than Tony Stark, you know. Tony's, <laughs> Tony's kind of this little scrawny guy, and Bruce is like just massive, you know. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> The inflatable bulk. <laughs> here, here we go. Right. This is this is my DC versus Marvel coming out. <laughs> right. All right. I hear you. Anyway, so so moving on to you know we you know Batman in his journey you know finds the core of owls. He comes back to the house, and when he was a kid, trying to find out his parents who killed his parents, and he was convinced that something else was going on. He does his whole detective work. He goes back to this house where he thinks this is where the whole Court of Owls thing is. And then only to find out that it's not, you know, when he's a kid, it depresses him, you know, kind of a thing. And and it really had a mark on him, which I totally understand. But then to find out the whole thing was real and then to go back to that house and then find the whole Court of Owls, they're all dead. Right. They're all sitting around a table and they're all dead. It's like, ah, they did a Jim Jones thing. You know, first impression was they did a um a, a Jim Jones uh what's the word? You know, they all drank the Kool-Aid kind of a thing and they're Where, all dead. I wonder if they're all wearing red Nike's and had uh, how much money did he each one was supposed to have so much money and Oh boy, this would be a great story for nerdery and murdery. <laughs> <laughs> right, that it would. By golly, that it would. Uh, another shout um, out, nerdy and birdie. <laughs> right uh, here. Let's see, Manili. Um, Manili asks, "Would you want to see, uh, or would y'all want to see Court of Owls in a sequel for Pattinson's Batman?" We at the beginning we addressed that a little bit. Thanks for joining us. Um, I I do, I do. I I want to see Court of Owls 
um, as part of as part of the Batman. And and you know there seems to be echoes of Hush, echoes of Long Halloween. What else? Uh, yeah, the Long Halloween, and there's even echoes of Court of Owls because remember he gets that card that has the owl on the front. Yep. In the trailer. Yep. So that's where I I think that and, and I really hope we get it in the, I hope it's done um with with justice. You know what I mean? I really they stay true to kind of the story and stuff, but it's tough to say. I got a feeling that um we're gonna get a this movie is gonna be kind of the Johnny Appleseed of his of his movies where he you're gonna get sprinklings of, of things I like all that. through the film, you know, and it's just planting seeds going, this is, this is just an inkling of what's to come. So what's to come. Right. Yeah. Yep. Who's That's Johnny right. Appleseed? No, I'm just kidding. I'm just messing with you. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> Just anyway. No, that's a great that's a great metaphor analogy. You Thank know, you. the whole thing with Johnny Appleseed. I like that. that Even though good. you don't know who Johnny Appleseed is. Right. <laughs> right. I'm teasing. <laughs> um put up Derek's uh, comment. So uh Derek, ugh, no more Pattinson. <laughs> yes, Court of Owls, but no Pattinson. <laughs> So we come back to Sparkly Vampire again. <laughs> yes, that we do. Um, I again, I I have my fears. I have my fears, but I'll go back to Michael Keaton, uh, nineteen eighty nine. I heard Keaton, uh-huh. Keaton's going to play Batman again. Love Keaton. He's one of my favorite actors. He's definitely my favorite right. Batman. But back then, all I could think of was, "What, Mister Mom's going to play Batman? How's that right. going to work?" You know. So right, uh, right again. If if Mister Mom can be <laughs> Batman, uh, I have hopes that a sparkly vampire can pull it off. We'll see. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. I let's find out together, <laughs> and we will tune next in week. next week. Next week we're going to talk about it. Same so. bat time, same bat same channel. Bat channel. <laughs> he's he's been waiting to say that all day. <laughs> Uh, Manili says, uh, I think Pattinson will do great. He was excellent in good time. Um, Never seen it. I, I haven't know. seen it, but I do. I am aware that he has been working on his craft. And I mentioned this earlier. He ever since the Twilight movies, he's really been trying to do unique and really acting pushing the limits of his acting ability to make himself better. So that's why I'm like, okay, I want to see what he does. And you know, you know, they Matt Reeves had I was sure had a whole bunch of actors who wanted to become Batman. And he had a specific oh, yeah. vision in mind. And and I think that's that's the story that we're seeing with with Pattinson. He chose him for this role. And so I think it's going to I'm I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to seeing what happens and stuff. I could be wrong. And I'll admit it if I'm wrong next week, but it's next week. I think the movie looks great. I I really do. I just told you Mm -hmm. I have a few hesitations. My main hesitation is the Riddler, actually. I'm less worried Mm -hmm. about Robert Patterson than I am the the Riddler and what they've done to him. Because to me, he does not seem like the Riddler from the comic books. Mm -hmm. Um, He seems like Mm -hmm. a totally different character. So mm-hmm. that that's my big fear about the film. Um, yeah, I also think that the Batmobile looks more like uh, uh, 
what's the hot rod movies that I don't watch? Uh, Fast and the Furious. Yeah, thank you. Fast, Fast and the, and the Furious. Furious. Thank you, Megan. Ah, uh, nice, Megan. <laughs> that that voice that came out of nowhere was Megan, our moderator. Um, anyway, <laughs> yeah, it just kind of reminds me of uh, Fast and Furious. Well, it reminds me of of the main car in Fast and Furious because all the rest of them are those, you know, import crappy wannabe hot rods, not real hot rods. Right. <laughs> so it does look like a cool hot rod. I just don't get the feel of the Batmobile yet. So, Right. <laughs> um, here, put up what Derek says about the yeah. Riddler, because since we're talking about it. All right, go ahead and read it, Stephen. The Riddler in the Arkham series is the best, and this seems more than uh, vain a saw killer type. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting, Derek. Interesting. Yeah. yeah I, I don't know. I, uh, <laughs> I just don't know. And you know, the funny thing is I taught, when I talked to the guy from the, the guy, the owner at Lincoln theater, when I asked him if he saw the movie, I, I told, he says, what are you, what are you concerned about with the movie? And I said, I'm concerned about the Riddler. And he goes, what about the Riddler? I said, because I feel he's not going to live up to the Riddler in the comic books. I, I don't think he's the same. And he goes, well, I don't read the comic books. So what exactly are you are you talking about the guy in the green jumpsuit with the question marks? And I'm like, well, he doesn't necessarily have to be the jumpsuit and the green question marks. They've portrayed him in other ways in the comic book. But yes, mm. he does have the question marks, and yeah, that is part of his character. I agree, but he just does not look like the Riddler. He looks more like I don't know what I picture the uh, a scarecrow, a modern scarecrow to be. So again, right? My that's my biggest fear. I may be totally wrong. He may blow me away. We'll find out next week. Right? Yes, we will. Well, I, I think all that's important because it's. I I wonder, based upon the trailers, based upon the trailers, the what we've seen, what little we've seen. I mean, come on, we've got Andy Serkis as Alfred. That's cool. I'm excited for that. Yeah, yeah. But it it makes it seem like that that Alfred seems to know something about the past. Again, we're coming back to this history of Gotham, right? Which in could this. tie into the Court of Owls because Alfred had knowledge of the Court of right. Owls, you know, um, that he did not reveal to Bruce. So, mm -hmm. yeah, I, well, mm -hmm. that's where I said I think we're going to have these Johnny Appleseed moments. I think that's mm -hmm. planning the seed. I don't think we're going to see the Court of Owls in this film. No. No, because I think I, it's going to focus on Riddler and Penguin. But mm -hmm. I think we're going to get mm -hmm. sprinklings of the Joker. I think we're going to get sprinklings of Court of Owls, you know. Uh, mm -hmm. I think we'll get a sprinkling. There's there's going to be a tease probably of Two-Face, uh, of, of Harvey mm -hmm. Dent. We'll probably get a mention of him. You know, um, he's probably going to be running for DA or something, you know, mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. I think we're yeah, just getting those plantings is what I think. I, I think we're getting kind of a beginning of the Batman, a new Batman series, if that right. makes sense. I, right. I don't think we're getting an origin story, thank goodness. Um, oh, we don't uh, need another origin story of Batman. We don't. <laughs> we don't. I've seen it but I do. But I do think we're seeing the growth, the character growth of Bruce Wayne, Batman kind of a thing. Right. Because from my understanding, the Penguin, this I got from Emergency Awesome, the Penguin is um, is not, he's he's working for Falcone. 
in right, this movie right. because you see Falcone. So he's working Which, his way up. They did that in the Gotham TV series too. Uh, did they? Penguin worked for Falcone in that also, and then mm-hmm. Falcone kicked mm-hmm. him out. And you know he he played because you had two different uh, uh, rival mobs in Gotham. I forget the other one because uh, the other one was headed by Jada Pinkett. Will Smith's wife, or ex oh, whatever. Right. When I watched the first season, she was the... Right. right. Which right, right, I right, loved right. her. I thought she was fantastic. Her character um, was mm-hmm. Fish Mooney. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Fish Mooney. Loved her. She was awesome. That's right. Nice. So, Thank you, Megan. So you had... Uh, uh, Derek, uh, Derek, sorry, Megan beat you this time, bud. You got to be quicker. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, Mary, Ma- Megan's technically our Tito now, so... <laughs> <laughs> Another callback to three geeky dads. Um, uh, no, I appreciate you, Derek. I'm just playing. But I, they kind of did that you. in the Gotham TV series, which the first several seasons of Gotham TV series is fantastic, and then it just nose dies after, after that. that. <laughs> well, I didn't realize, based upon um, the clip that you showed, the sci-fi, where I didn't realize Court of Owls was part of Gotham. Yeah, they they. They delved into it a little bit. Um, yeah, honestly, I, I should. I, I really should go back. We should, I guess we should do a whole. Hey, everybody, should we do a whole episode on the the Gotham series and all? It'll take us a while to get through it all, I'm sure. But you know, man, you're going to torture <laughs> me, aren't you? No, 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 no. Sorry. Some sorry. of that I love. No. Some of it I really, really love. And then, well, maybe we'll just do what you like. The, they the screwed parts that you like. up the Joker. Oh gosh, they screwed that up. You had. You had this kid that was the perfect young Joker, and then they turn him into I don't know the Joker's brother. Or, oh God! Oh my God! I don't want to relive that. <laughs> right. It right. hurts. It hurts. <laughs> All right. Now this sets up though the the last part I want to talk about the third part. We're already at an hour thirteen, so I want to wrap this up. Yeah. I want to talk about the big reveal. This is really important to me because. I want. I really want to get your thoughts on it. Really want to get your thoughts on this. So, the big reveal it comes up as I was saying. Everybody was dead. All the court of owls was laying there dead, poisoned. And then you realize, well, I don't think they took. I don't think they drank willingly. Kind of a thing. I think that was a whole sabotage, murder kind of situation. Two. Lo and behold, it was his. It was the the guy's name. Oh, what was his name? Not not who he says he is later. Oh, uh, I can't remember. I can't remember all his name of a either. But it was uh, the guy who he knew who he said, oh, he's the guy who head up the whole court of owls. This is the guy who's been behind the scenes kind of a thing. And then there's this big battle. Um, and in the big battle with Batman, it's revealed that he is, go ahead, Mike, he is Bruce Wayne's brother. Older brother, right? Dad. Well, no, he wouldn't be. Talk. He wouldn't be the older brother. He'd be the younger brother. Because we find out later. No. no. Bruce is Bruce is like three years old when Martha's pregnant. Oh, I missed that part. I got confused See, on you, that part. I read a couple issues ahead of you, and it, it's it's his younger brother. Yeah. Okay. Uh-huh. Who is who is Thomas Wayne Jr. Right. Which now that's funny cuz why would they why would he have named Bruce the firstborn Bruce and then the secondborn Thomas Wayne Jr. 
Usually the first. See, that's why I thought it was switched. Yeah. Yeah, but see, they they yeah. show in the comic books that Bruce is actually three years old. You'll you'll mm-hmm. have to read a couple more issues and then we'll we'll discuss it. But. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, the junior confuses people. Ain't that the truth? Derek says the junior confuses people. Yeah, I agree. Oh, I agree. Me. So, yeah, I, but um, I, I would say here is I liked that development and the way they told the story or how Bruce Wayne kind of does the epilogue of that kind of makes sense where he says, well, there was a car accident, blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. Uh, it seemed this at the same, you know, they told her the baby died. And then all mm-hmm. of a sudden we find out that no, there's this baby the next day that was taken to the orphanage. Right. Who's dropped off at the orphanage. And Lo she's and behold, wearing the pin. She She's wearing the pin that all the mothers of the children that are at the orphanage get. She's wearing the mm-hmm. exact same pin. But he mm-hmm. also he also reasoned that away that they gave a lot of money to the orphanage, so it she supported it a lot. Right, the orphanage. so they could have made it. multiple trips to the orphanage. Right. right. So, but then that also you know, questions: Okay, is she making multiple trips because her son's there? Right. You know, so, yeah, it was it was intriguing. It made it very intriguing and very much a mystery. But he disappears <laughs> though, right. doesn't he? The so he could he's, return it. He's any presumed time. to be dead. Right. Uh, yeah, but this is the comics. You well, know what I, I mean? I'm just saying he's presumed. <laughs> Did you imagine to be dead. the two Wayne brothers? Dun dun dun! Batman versus Brother Man. <laughs> whatever, whatever Thomas character. Jr. Well, Talon, he would be Talon technically, wouldn't he? Wouldn't he? Well, be yeah. Talon? Well, yes. It, uh, again, read the next few issues. <laughs> right. <laughs> yes, he he becomes the second Talon. And by the way, he's got a cool look too. He he really looked cool. Um, mm-hmm. I guess I should. Mm-hmm. He had a great look. Yes, he did. What are you reading? Uh, okay. I was reading Brenda's comment. So Brenda says, uh, "What mom would knowingly let let her son grow up in an orphanage?" It's a very good point. Um, sure. That's why it's it's so hard to say. And and maybe it's it's hard to she, imagine that the Waynes were like that. That's one thing, but then the, that also gives him a motive to be like he is too. So, right. Well, yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. So now we have a gives brother. him now a better got... motive than it did Thomas Elliot. Oh, right. I wanted both <laughs> my parents dead. That was crazy. I agree with you on that. I wanted that both my parents dead so I can have all their money. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I'm like, uh, no, that means you were sadistic from the very beginning, uh-huh. kind of a thing. But maybe it was meant to, yeah. kind of a thing. I don't know. I, I don't know. know. It just seemed it seemed weak to me. I think this. Well, is, I I think this is a stronger a, motive than that is. Yeah, I, but I do like that's one of the things about the whole owl storyline that I really did enjoy this new character, Talon, and then introducing there at the end the whole the Thomas Wayne Jr. aspect of it. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, that was mind blowing. Because I've never heard in my life that Bruce had any siblings, so that mm-hmm. that just totally blew mm-hmm. my mind. I'm like, what? Bruce yeah, has a brother? Still, yeah, it's still I've got a brother. Was he? Yeah, was he just saying that, or was he just creating this narrative, or not? You know, we don't have full. We don't have a full. Uh, what's the word I'm trying to say? Uh, you know, explanation or canon to that, but it does set up great story for later on, right? Kind of a thing. And who knows, maybe that's this whole story that we get with the Batman, that it's not the Riddler. 
kind of a thing. Maybe it's Thomas Wayne Jr. Uh, put up Derek's latest. Derek says it's very it's, soap soap opera ish. Yes, I agree. Yes, totally agree. Very much so, and that's why we love it. <laughs> I don't know if I'll say that. I don't like soap operas, so. Yeah. But, but it's the it's the same. It's yeah, the same it's, principles. it's the same yeah. style. I mean, comic books have been doing that for years, though. So, right. But see, instead of you know drama love stories in soap operas, we get action yes. adventure. Right. You know, we get more. And then than, there's some love stories. Yeah. Because right. Catwoman and Batman, we talked about last week in Hush, which so, is yeah. great, which is awesome, which is very. Now, good. I I also want to say that I love the whole bringing in the owls. And and the fact that owls are actually natural predators of bats, I love that mm-hmm. aspect of this and making him this you know uh, adversary to Batman. That I thought was really cool. Yes, um, I also yes. loved. There's a panel in the comic where Bruce talks about how you know back a couple generations the the Wayne Manor how the cave was infested by bats and they tried everything to get rid of the bats. And that's that's part of what led to him with with the cold, realizing the cold is what you know stopped the the zombie zombified you know the zombie talons right because because they they thought they got rid of the bats, but then it got so cold in the bat cave, the bats came back, and they came back more aggressive. So. I love mm-hmm. that aspect of the story. I think it's great. That that's a lot of mm-hmm. fun. Um, I also want to state uh, this. This could be controversial too, um, to comic book fans. Anyway, I'm not mm-hmm. the biggest fan of Greg Capullo's art. <laughs> oh, okay. I mean, some of the panels, it, you know, it just pops off the page and looks incredible. And then there's mm-hmm. others I'm like, eh, I just don't like that, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I, He's on a time budget. He's not Jim Lee who says you'll get it whenever you get it. Yeah, but Jim Lee <laughs> made his budget. Jim Lee did make his budget. He made a bet. I, I talked about that. Uh, right, right. He, but he that's made it. Of all his work. And Jim so Lee, all of his Batman issues were just phenomenal. The art was phenomenal mm-hmm. in them. And this, it's like some of them are really, really incredible and jump right off the page. And then the next panel, it's like, what did you do there, Capulio? <laughs> he you goes, I, I, was, I was in a rush. I had I a guess, deadline. I guess. <laughs> Granted, I can't draw like him. I, I'll give him that. I, but, right. but I'm not a car- comic artist making whatever he makes. I don't know what he makes. I don't I'm, think they get paid a whole lot. Oh, I think they, that he's a big name. He gets paid a lot. Oh, oh, I see what you mean. I see what you Capulio mean. Capulio and, now, back when he started, no, he wasn't making jack squat. Well, I still remember having that conversation with Mike Grell there at Comic-Con that we went to and how they were, you know, he was so gracious. He said, hey, I'll sign your stuff if you put money into this jar to help with the the medical funds of these artists. Right, well, Alan Moore, told the, Alan Moore told the whole story about... Uh, the creators of Superman, uh, Joel Schuster and uh, 
gosh, I can't think of the, the two names. But I, uh, my brain went to Siskel and Ebert, so I probably just met. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that was dork. dork. You're a dork. Um, but yeah, that they, you know, one of them had went blind, the other was totally broke, and you know, and mm-hmm. so they had no money, and DC wasn't giving them any any uh, uh, medical insurance, and honestly, they weren't mm-hmm. even paying them anymore at this point. Um, they weren't even getting royalties off of the Superman titles, and Alan mm-hmm. Moore and a bunch of other artists went up to bat for them and and fought to get that. He also told this great story about. But these were back in the days of the 70s. You know, uh, mm-hmm. it was different back then. It was a lot different. And yeah, artists weren't making the money that they make today. Artists make mm-hmm. a hell of a lot more money today, at least once mm-hmm. they're established. And- ah, great. Now I got to put an explicit lyric or explicit label oh, on Oh, because I said hell. Want to see my new striper shirt? <laughs> it's backwards. It says kicking the devil's ass since 1984. Oh. <laughs> My wife won't let me wear it to church. She says it's not appropriate for church. <laughs> I love this shirt, by the way. <laughs> Got my striper hat on today too. Right on. I so, love it. Love it. So now, now you okay? Now you have to put an e on it. I said kicking the devil's ass. How's that? Right. <laughs> yeah, I got a great story about my to hell with the devil shirt. If you want to hear that. <laughs> From from 1987, after I got to see Striper in concert for the very first time, uh, mm-hmm. you you remember Brian mm-hmm. Willis? Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Okay, so Brian Willis went. Brian Willis was a, a friend of ours from high school, good friend. Mm-hmm. Um, he was in the youth group. Yes, yeah, yeah, he was in the youth group, and he was in band. Uh, did he do show choir with you? No. Uh-uh. Oh, okay. I thought for some reason I thought he was in show choir too. Anyway. Brian's the one who introduced me to Striper back in like 1986, and uh, so when Striper came to St. Louis for the Tell with Devil tour in 1987, uh, I went and seen the show. After uh, the next day, I go to school. Brian surprised me. He bought me a Striper tour shirt, which because I didn't have the cash to buy one, and it was this cool shirt. It was red. On the breast, it had the Striper logo with the triangle. On the back, mm-hmm. in huge yellow flames, and then it said, to hell with the devil. So, you know, he bought that for me. I proudly put it on. I'm walking through school with my with my new Striper T-shirt on and everything. I go to lunch. Remember Mrs. Eckert, dean of students? Yeah. Miss, <laughs> yeah. Mrs. Eckert comes walking up to me. I'm sitting here at lunch, and she goes, um, Mike, what's your T-shirt say? And I stand up proudly and turn around. It's just to hell with the devil. And she goes, <sighs> and I went, what? She says, all right, uh, you're going to have to either turn the shirt inside out or put something over it. I was like, what? Well, it has an explicit word on it. <laughs> I go, hell, really? That's what you're complaining about? I go, you're taking it out of context, first of all. And she's like, it doesn't matter. You can't say that. And I was ticked. I said, fine, I'm going back to my locker. I, I'll grab my, my, ja- my jacket, my denim jacket, with all my heavy metal patches I remember on. that jacket, right, yeah. Yeah, I do too. It got stolen. <sighs> anyway. <gasps> oh, I didn't know that. Oh, I got stolen years ago. Um, but anyway, I went and got my jacket and carried it around with me, but I didn't ever put it on. <laughs> I'm like, no, I'm not putting it on. 
forget you. So, so yeah, but yeah, then the next day I come in armed with my Bible with the album cover or the cassette cover, I think, and everything. And mm-hmm. I'm like, look, this is where it comes from, blah, 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 blah. And then I just got pissed and said, well, why is it I can't wear a tell, uh, to hell with the devil t-shirt, but Kenny Sharp can wear a shirt that says to hell with your mountains. Let's see your bush. <laughs> right. Uh, now, yeah. how many things does that can <laughs> say in it? Right. <laughs> so, right. Uh, anyway, frustrations right. of high school. <laughs> Yes, and he still hasn't gotten it over, everybody. It's 32 years. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> still haven't got it over. <laughs> oh, and then right. there was an addendum to that. Uh, so, okay. like, a year later, uh, some friends of mine, because cause, uh, Mrs. Eckert said, if it said to heck with the devil, then I could let you wear it. And so, uh, about a, I think it was about a year later, some friends of mine had a T-shirt uh, airbrushed for me that had the striper logo on the front. It was red. And then on the back, it had the flames and it said to heck with the devil. And lo and behold, I was allowed to wear that to school. That's funny. <laughs> I forgot all about that. Anyway. <clears throat> oh my goodness. Yeah. All right. Well, Hey, all right. We got to wrap up uh court of owls. <laughs> um, and all. So, uh, if, would you say should you buy the comic series? Should you, or would you just if you've got the app, do it digitally? What would you say? Is it worth buying? Is it worth buying? That's probably the way we should. Say <laughs> uh, it. I didn't look it on uh, look it up on Amazon, um, but I think if you're going to buy this, it's going to be expensive. Cause yeah, the it, omnibus it, is pretty expensive. Yeah, the omnibus is going to be holy, 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 very expensive. Um, yes. So you're better off for the price of the Omnibook. You could get a subscription to Kindle Unlimited and or DC Infinite for a year for almost two years. Well, I don't know how much Infinite it is right now. I'm, I think you get a specials. I'm enjoying the DC uh, Infinite. It, I, I like oh, yeah. it. Um, I mean, I'd rather have the the physical copies. I mean, we talked about that. Um, mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. it is nice to be able to go, oh, I want to read this and you know, it makes for great research for our podcast. <laughs> that it does. Oh, that Derek it says does. he thinks it's seventy five dollars. Oh, that's not bad. That's so bad. I got a. I love Green Arrow. Um, and Mike Grell, Green Arrow especially, just because yeah. I met him and he's a neat guy. Um, but the, I think the omnibus for Green Arrow popped up on my Amazon thing for a hundred and fifty dollars for the Longbow Holy. Hunter series. Yeah, that I'd be reading uh, digitally. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Very much so. I don't know. Derek says he's got both Marvel and DC right on. (laughs) Well, I've been using Comixology for our Marvel stuff, so it's all good. Yeah. Although Comixology is now wrapped into Amazon. Oh, my gosh. They're making adjustments. I I saw a news article where people are upset. Good. Good. They should be. Comixology people. So they'll make adjustments. Amazon will make adjustments. They'll they'll take the feedback and they'll make the adjustments. Yeah, they're an evil empire like Disney is. <laughs> Everybody's an evil empire. I am an evil empire. Dun dun dun. Oh yeah, you got Amazon money. <laughs> anyway, no, sorry. Tangent. Rabbit. Mm-hmm. Squirrel. Mm-hmm. Sorry, we did a lot of squirrels the last ten minutes. Yeah. Okay. Court of owls. So, court of owls. Would you buy it? And you said probably expensive because of how much is involved in it. But 
it is worth buying the DC <laughs> Infinite app to read it all. <laughs> Sorry, I just saw Derek's comment. Thanos was right. <laughs> oh my goodness! Also, a reference. Derek, back we're to... trying to wrap up, dude. <laughs> right. Reference. I enjoy that reference back to uh, the uh, our whole series on Hawkeye. Hawkeye. Yeah. Hawkeye. Uh, yep. Great. Awesome. I have a thing for archers. I, I, I would archers. say I would say check the price uh, of it in Amazon if you you know. If you uh, if you really feel that you want to read it that way, you know, and you can afford it, go for it. Uh, other than that, I would say that the sub- the digital subscription is probably more affordable, um, and I would go that route. But yeah, yeah, and, and you I'm get so much more. I'm a hardcore so Batman fan too, with like four uh, uh, trade paper paperbacks sitting by my side right now. So right. <laughs> That's funny. All right, everybody. Well, we're going to put it on your Christmas. Put it on your Christmas list. (laughs) There it is. Right. Actually, do it for Black Friday because I bet you there's going to be a Black Friday sale going on with it. Just saying. Everybody does Black Friday. But that's an old story, though. So I don't know. No, no, no. no. I just mean the whole thing of getting the app. The app, there may be a special for the app. Kind of a thing. All right. Well, um, we also, everybody, have a special episode coming up, too. So, Mike, do you want to talk about that real quick? Oh, oh, the one we're going to do later today. today. Okay. Yes. yes <laughs> I was yes. like, wait a minute. We, 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 we talked about a few things earlier in we pre-show. We did talk a lot, a lot in of pre-show. things. Yeah, I'm sorry. My bad. Yeah, so, yeah, uh, we're going to be, we'll be signing off here in a few minutes, I promise. <laughs> and uh, we're going to take a break. We're going to come back at 1 o'clock Central Standard Central Time. Central Standard Time. Right, 1 Central Standard Time. We're going to come back. And we're going to do kind of a retrospective of uh, season one of Book of Boba Fett. But we've got with us at that time Boba Fett himself, Mark Anthony Austin's coming back to join us. Um, and he's going to give yep. his his take and how he felt about season one. I, I'm excited to see his take on it because when we had him on... <laughs> When we had him on after he was a little bit inebriated. <laughs> we loved it. Loved it. It was. It was fantastic. We had a, we had a great time with him. But uh, he, he had a huge complaint about Boba not having his helmet on enough. So uh, I'm, I'm really excited to hear what he has to say about the full season. I got a feeling that there's going to be things that he didn't like that we liked. Uh-huh. Um, uh-huh. And it's just going to be fun to see what he, he thinks of it. So yeah, we're come back, time, join man. us. Hear Boba Fett, not not the Boba Fett, but a Boba Fett, and see what mm-hmm. he has to think about Book of Boba Fett. Yeah, a New Hope specialized edition Boba Fett. Yes, yes. He was the one no. who, when in the, the added scene with Jabba in front of the Millennium Falcon, um, I know some people gringe at that scene. I actually I actually like the scene. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, this, the part with Han walking over the tail was kind of dumb, but, you know, he— walked behind the actor originally so they had to do what they had to do you know they had to whatever do something, yeah. um but mm. when i remember seeing that in the theater when boba fett walked on the screen i literally cheered yeah. i was like yes boba fett i was so yep. happy and this was him and it was him and did i yep. ever think that i would get to talk to him and and this will be the third time he's on the podcast too so yep 
yeah. awesome. He's he's been a hoot. So, all right, everybody. Well, with that, I gotta wind this out because we gotta get ready for that. So, hey, everybody, thanks for joining us. Please be back at one p one p.m. Central Standard Time if you want to catch uh, Mark Anthony Austin Boba Fett talk about the book of Boba book Fett. Of- <laughs> <laughs> All right, Mike. Well, I'll leave it to you to sign us out. Okay. Remember to check us out on twogeeksmike.com. That's our hub, our portal to everything Two Geeks. Um, also, uh, check us out on Kofi. Uh, we are getting ready to record our first Kofi only episode. Should we announce what it is, Stephen? Yes. Go for it. Uh, our first Kofi. Op- oh, bleh, 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 bleh. Tongue work. <laughs> mm-hmm. You got it. You got it. You can do this. Uh, will be for our sci-fi classic series, Logan's Run. The the classic sci-fi movie, Logan's Run. If you have not mm-hmm. seen it, watch it. It's it's a pretty cool movie. Um, it's on Warner Brothers. Uh, I think it's on HBO Max. Oh still, yeah, yeah. I well, think. that's Warner Brothers. Sorry, but yeah, HBO Max. Um, yeah, we got to double check to make sure that's still there because <laughs> we need to rewatch right. it. Uh, right. We actually had plans to to record this a year ago and just haven't gotten around to it. So, anyway, it's all right. So check us out over there. Um, in the meantime, I'll take us out. And with that said, over and out, and may the force. Hold on, I'm looking for my outro. May the force be with you. Oh. <laughs> Man, I forgot all about what I'm doing here. Video, video. That is okay. Video, not audio. Thank you for joining us today on the Two Geeks and a Microphone podcast. Tune in next week when we will have more news and reviews. Until then, 